is the second part of the third podcast on the basics of software engineering course. And in this podcast, Petri Lilberg is going to tell us about requirements engineering as at SSH Communications. Good morning to you all also from, from my part. Uh, as you heard, my name is Petri Lilberg. I'm uh, at SSH Communication Security, heading the, the R&D and, and product management function. So... So basically develop programming, QA, documentation, and, and especially the product management side of that is the, is the area where, where requirements management or requirements engineering is, is done mostly, or that's the, that's the area which, which is heading, heading that function at SSH. My background is more from the product management side. So, so before, before running the whole, whole unit, that was for a number of years number of years re responsible for the product management side and, and the business business management side. Can, I just, can you hear in the back? Good. About, about the agenda today, I'll, I'll tell you a few words of SSH in case you don't know the company. Just one slide. And after that, uh, go through <coughs> overall in terms of requirements engineering. What do we feel? see as the challenges, uh, why, why it needs to be done well, what, uh, what's the background and all the, all the framework for requirements engineering or requirements management at SSH. I'll also, also go through the process that we're using, uh, show you a few, few slides of that, and, and then of the overall prioritization or, or project management related uh, terminology or, or, or ideas, how we how we see requirements should be managed, prioritized, and and, uh, and then some something about the change management, which is uh, one of the challenge areas in, in requirements engineering. But first, first about SSH, we're, we're a small software house concentrated in, in, in information security software. We're founded in '95. In we're about 80, 80 people, right? perhaps 83 right now. Out of that 80 people, about 35 are working in my, my product development, product management unit, the rest in sales and marketing and, and administration. <coughs> uh, sales about 14 million last year. There was growth about 50%, 50% to the previous year and, and, and EBIT, the profit in, in 3 million levels. So last year was quite good for us. Let's hope that it continues listed since 2000 in, in, in Helsinki Stock Exchange or the OMX. The products, products that we're doing, it's a, it's a centrally managed security solution. Security solution focusing on, on securing connections, whether it be file transfer, uh, application connectivity, or uh, let's say workstation to server connections. Uh, system admin, so basically authentication, encryption, and, and the central management of that, focusing very much on, on large enterprises. So, so let's say more than half of our sales comes from the Fortune 100 global companies. So basically the very, the very biggest banks or the very biggest uh, retail companies or, or otherwise. Based in Helsinki, so development is here, uh, and then the uh, local offices around the world, they're basically sales, support, 
marketing activities. Betty, yes. Can I ask one question here? So, what, what is the competition situation at the moment? Do you have many? <coughs> well, uh, there's in in the field that we do. Well, let's say we have quite a unique, a lot of unique uh, functionality in our in our product. So, so there are areas where where we can quite dominate the market. But on the other hand, uh, the, the fu functionality or the solution is such that there's all the big big security players. There's, there's CAs, there's Symantex, there's all the large, large security houses that can provide the same functionality. On the other hand, uh, there are also open source options that customers can use to reach at least partly the same functionality with own engineering, own own uh, resources, so so we're also competing against the corporations' internal internal uh, engineering together with open open source tools. We go to the to the agenda. This is basically the the starting point for everything. There's customers want to have something. They they see it as a they see a problem, whether it be uh, that they problem in their environment that they need something new they need new so think that they need new software <coughs> on the other hand a lot of the software industry these days is incremental you have version one and then then pre following versions and 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 often often big part of for example the requirements management that we do is uh, together with our existing customers they feel that they want to have a ferrari and 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 they feel that's not what what they're having right now but uh, I think the key thing that I want to highlight here is the fact that uh, not always should the answer be in, in programming or, or defining, defining a solution for them. There's several ways. If we can avoid doing features for them, that's, the, that's by far the uh, most profitable way to proceed. There's, there's ways if we can, uh, we can, by means of marketing, change the customer's perception that actually it's not, it's not a it's almost a Ferrari that you're driving. You just configure it this way and, and then you're there. On the other hand, we can uh, try and have some sort of reality check for the customer that what you're, what you're asking for is actually not, uh, uh, well, the, for the money you pay us, you can't get a Ferrari on the other hand, or that uh, the things that you're asking are, are too difficult or unfeasible to, to be done. But of course, we're a software house. We develop products, and 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 what we try to do is, of course, is to lower the gap between the desired situation and the and the present situations. And and that's where that's where the defining the the requirements come into play. Now, requirements management. Uh, let's say defining good requirements. Mario was talking about. Talking about how important it is and and and, uh, and how it's a contract between the customer and and, <coughs> and the supplier. Yes, that's that's correct. There are there are a lot of it's a different difficult field of uh, field of activity. First of all, the customers often they don't know what they want, or they think they know uh, think they want something and 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 tell you that, but in the end they don't. Uh, uh, that's not what they really want. They they want something else. Or that they cannot articulate what they want. They, uh, it, it's it's a complete, uh, let's say, constant discussion 
between us and the customer that, okay, where are we actually? What is it that you want to achieve with this? On the other hand, sales, uh, which is pushing, you know, we're re representing the customer for the, for the engineers. They, they need everything now or they need everything yesterday. Uh, they change their mind constantly based on the fact that, okay, now there's a new customer that wants this. And actually the previous customer, we didn't close the deal, so let's forget about that. And, and uh, the engineers, Mario was already referring to the fact that they're often, often developing software in black box or they don't have visibility to the, to the customer. They never see the customer and, and they don't have a good understanding of what the customer Customer, real customer needs are the, the product manager who's in charge of the the product in terms of at least with SSH in terms of the, what the requirements should be, how the product should look like, how the product should go. They feel that they they know a lot, but uh, but but uh, there's a risk that they by by yes go ahead. Engineering, it seems that we expect the customer to know exactly what they want. This is just a comment. Mm -hmm. But in actuality, is it so that the customers are really looking for some sort of uh, combination between a consultant and someone who can provide that solution? Basically, yeah. give them a solution that would be tailored to their needs mm -hmm. when they're not even sure what their needs exactly are. So right. the needs need to be defined as well. Yeah. Of course, before, well, I'm, I'm going to talk about it before doing anything in terms of software for the customer. There's a long process of discussion and, and, and trying to understand what they, what they want. The result may be that uh, they actually need consulting uh, instead of software. Or, or, and and of, often it's, it's true the customers don't know what they want uh, initially. They have a problem that they ask someone to come and solve. This is my this is my challenge, this is my problem, says the customer, and, and uh, they ask some, someone in to, to try and solve it. And, and that's our job as, as software providers, then, uh, to try and figure out what would be the best way out for them. How do we create the most value for them with the lowest cost so that we can stay competitive? So I, I, I could uh, express in, 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 in such a way that uh, Quite often, we as a software product providers or product development team, we should understand the need, needs better than the customers and users themselves. One general comment to this discussion. This is, in my experience, always the case when a customer hires an expert. They have a problem that really is beyond them. And it's the expert's job to help the customer recognize what the problem actually is. Mm -hmm. I've seen it, for example, a customer asks for a translation. It's a language thing. And when you start to talk with them, you realize that what they need is writing teaching for their personnel. Mm -hmm. And it's communication. Uh, that's a good thing to remember. Mario was talking about requirements as being the core or the heart of, of engineering work or the, or the giving good basis for the future steps. And that's, that's really essential. The mistakes that we do in the requirements, uh, requirements phase are costing a lot if we, if we let them through. Uh, through, the, through the development cycle, the, let's say when talking about development, uh, 
testing, acceptance testing, customer, customer uh, testing. If we, if we let it go to the production environment and, and we need to do a quick fix maintenance project for, to fix the whole thing, we need to in a way start from all over again and run through the process perhaps not in, in same scale but run through the whole whole process of involving all the all the different parties in the in the development work that's that's an ex extremely expensive uh, mistake that we've done so whatever we can do to make sure that the requirements are correct first of all that we have the correct solution for the customer and that it's answering to their their all needs, or, or let's say it's good enough for them so that they can take it into use and, and put it into production. For example, with our customers, often when uh, when they install our software to a system, they might have uh, one window during the year or two windows during the year when they can upgrade their systems. We're, we're, we're providing software for the, for the back-end servers mostly, and, and they they install thousands of them. So all their, for example, all Unix servers for, of a large bank, they may upgrade them once a year, and, and the rest of the time need, they need to be up and running. So, so if they happen to deploy something which didn't, uh, which didn't uh, fulfill their needs or had a problem in terms of functionality, uh, it's, it's an expensive exercise for the bank and, and also for us because they put the pressure back to the, to the provider. Okay, of course, they have uh, extensive acceptance testing phases before they put anything into the, to the production. But even at that phase, if they've reserved two months of acceptance testing time from uh, 20, 20 guys, and halfway that acceptance testing, they find out, okay, damn, we, we forgot that one thing. We also need that. Then we have another month time to fix it and deliver them a new version. And we need to allocate all our development personnel for, for a month to do small things that we could have been discovered early in the in the phase and 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 be done properly from uh, the first time. This is this is in a way the the logic or the whole ideology that we use for for requirements it starts from the needs. Uh, that's basically the needs are then converted into something tangible, something some features that we explain with requirements to the customer and, 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 and show them, that, okay, this is, this is how we've understood your problem. Is that the case? And, and if that's the case, then we continue to the more detailed, detailed planning. The, the key thing here is that all things right from the original customer need needs to be traced back to the we need to be able to trace it back to the test cases defined or 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 technical design of the of the software so that the, if something changes on the way we know how it impacts the different parts of the of the process and and can go back to the customer saying that okay during the design phase we realized that this cannot be done it changes that uh, that uh, aspect of the, of the need you, you provided us and, and we need to adjust it or, or, or make it differently. The, where do we get the information? It's not, not only the customers. Uh, that's, the, that's, of course, probably the, the most important, uh, important uh, source for information. That's who pays our salaries. But on the other hand, we need to take into account a lot of, lot of other areas. There's uh, 
regulators or regulations, different standards that we need to follow, uh, especially in our field of industry, the security security uh, field, there's a lot of regulations that are impacting customers and, and how they need to follow certain certain rules or uh, also, of course, competi competition, we need to follow what they are doing. That might uh, provide us with some uh, additional information. Third parties, when especially with, again, with, with us, that's a crucial element. There's dozens of different uh, other software that our software needs to needs to work together. It differs from one customer to another, but we need to maintain a sort of uh, selection of uh, selection selection of interoperability with with number of number of other players that customers are are using in the environment, and and that's something customers not not often. Well, let's say if we're talking to one customer, they might not have a need for for the interoperability with someone else. But we may have 100 other customers that do so. So even if, even if we develop some feature based on certain group's needs, we need to take into account the rest that uh, might have uh, some differing needs. And there's a lot of internal, uh, internal requirements also in terms of how do we support it. Uh, is it easy to get feedback from the customers if they have problems or the, the systems? Uh, if, if there's problems, is it easy to support, maintain? Uh, the architecture needs to be sound, uh, solid, that it's it's easy to develop further, further in the long run, or anticipate what other needs there might arouse, and and uh, and then define the architecture so that it can take those future needs also into account. So. The whole triangle of or the pyramid of uh, of where the requirements come from starts from the need, and and as we already discussed, it's it, that's the difficult part in in defining requirements to understand what the real need of the customer are. There are there are things that you need to do or th certain processes that you need to you, if you follow, you're more likely to get into a good solution. First first of all, you need to define who are the, all the stakeholders. Might be the customer. Customer has some engineers that engineers that provide you with the need, but there might be others in their organization or or that you need to take into account. Uh, have a common vocabulary. Vocabulary. Uh, try to try to figure out what what is the customer perspective. Try to put yourself into their position and and uh, understand what the, what they actually what, what is their root problems, understand what what is it that's driving them for for asking something like this. Uh, the use case, I'm going to say a few words of that. That's a very useful tool to, to make this whole thing easier. Describe uh, when the customer says that this is how I, how I use it, uh, write it down uh, and, and go, go through it together with them so that uh, did we understand correctly? Is this actually what you're gonna, how you're gonna use the software? And then, then proceed to the documentation of both the use cases and and the requirements. In terms of use case, this is how we use use it, or or what's what's our logic? It's basically, as said, a description of the of the surrounding situation. Where where will this software be used? Who are the users, and uh, what what does the user want want it to do? Uh, 
uh, a good template uh, that we follow is, I believe, pretty close to what what Mario uh, showed from the from the theory. Is that uh, define define who are the actors, define the the successful steps that need to take take place that uh, it it solves the problem. Uh, also, security considerations is something we need to take into account. There may be, we need to, we need to make sure that the solution doesn't pose risks for the, for the customer. It's, it's used, used very much by both the, both the requirement analyst or the product manager, the developer, developers support dealing with the customer, the customer themselves. It's a kind of, uh, kind of, uh, Often document that gives context for the for the actual requirements. Okay. Yes. Uh, have you defined uh, the persons who are responsible for, for writing those <coughs> use cases? Well, uh, in our case, it's in in our case, it's it's basically product manager who is in in charge of the the overall requirements of, of the solution and the the use cases which we tie very close. Closely with the requirements, so, so in a way, we we use use cases so that uh, they're not necessary. Not everything; it's not good for everything. Uh, it basically suits the kind of situation where there's a sequence of events or there's an actual user. Uh, not we don't we don't demand a use case for everything. Uh, it doesn't fit everything. Like like for example. Uh, some of the non-functional requirements that it needs to be that fast. How do you? What's the context? It just needs to be that fast. So, so we use them when, appro when appropriate or when they help understanding the situation, and and uh, in in that way they go hand in hand with the actual requirement, which is product manager's responsibility. But but on the other hand, we <coughs> it's not only only the product manager, but but a requirements engineering team that's doing them. So the actual implementation or or documenting them may be someone else. Maybe someone else. Then some some methods how, how we collect requirements. Uh, the obvious is of course uh, uh, support system. There's a lot of uh, lot of let's say feature requests or or Bug, bug fix requests that come through our systems from the customers or from our from our support. <coughs> we also have have some questionnaires to our customers that they can fill in online with uh, uh, when they when they have problems or when they use our support systems. Uh, different type of user groups or advisory boards where we collect key customers into into one location and show them something we've, we've been planning, get their feedback, or, or have discussion forum that, uh, that uh, where do you see the industry going? Where do, do you have similar needs? And, and try to get some sort of uh, consensus within the customers that, uh, that we wouldn't have to go ask, ask everyone individually. But that's, that's of course, uh, what we do a lot. We have. Uh, Personnel of the company visiting customers frequently or partners frequently and, and defining together with them uh, what's needed. On the other hand, 
well, beta customers come a bit later in the phase, but some sort of piloting, piloting with uh, mockups or 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 plans that's also also used, especially with new products. So if we if we start defining new products, then often often it's good to have a couple of pilot customers that you visit already before you start programming. So so with with the plans plans at hand. There's a picture of uh, the process at SSH where requirement, requirements come into play. Uh, the whole, whole, whole process shows the, basically a process, the development process throughout one, one project. It's an iterative, iterative development model with, uh, with phased, phased uh, let's say, sprints of development. Uh, so it's a kind of kind of uh, combination of, of iterative model with with uh, XP techniques or or agile agile techniques and and the requirements engineering process we we see that it uh, there's three phases that we have during during the first part part of uh, first part of the first part of the development project. Of course, the, the beginning where we start defining the defining the goal for the project, defining what the, what the actual scope is that we want to do. That's that's very much led by the need and, and what the requirements are. There's a phase where we do do the more detailed uh, planning and more detailed uh, documentation, and then the change management uh, change management during the <coughs> During the development phase, uh, product manager is very much in, in charge at SSH of of that process, especially in the in the beginning, uh, in charge of def defining a target goal for the project, target scope for the project, uh, and and that needs to be reviewed by by a team of uh, team of. Uh, the requirements engineering team, including project manager, architects, uh, support or, or, or customer interface personnel, uh, and and so forth. And of course, it needs to have uh, management. Let's say blessing it needs to go through certain management uh, management reviews before it can go into the let's say gate gate where we actually start investing more time into the project. That's something we call PGO, PGO gate. Uh, it starts a pro usually if we have uh, software projects that last for say nine months or or six to nine months, uh, the planning or define definition phase lasts for for about a month. So during during a month, uh, this whole documentation of of the requirements is being done. And and uh, and that's used for for the planning of other other more details detailed uh, plans for the project like test plans or or technical specs or or project plans and so forth. And then during the whole development phase or during the whole project, uh, we have the change management uh, change management phase where where continuously during the iterations more information is needed so we the requirements may change uh, they're not cast to stone 
before we start the project. Uh, a lot of them may change, the priorities may change still during the project. We may decide that, okay, in fact, we're going to cut down the project a couple of months and, and release after iteration two instead of going through the, through the end of uh, the original plan. So, so that's, that's, I would say, the challenging portion of the, of the uh, challenging portion of the, of the project that we, we make the, the whole change management work so that everybody is informed and all the other plans change when, uh, when requirements change. Patrick, can I, can I make one comment? Mm -hmm. So this change management process is, is usually, <coughs> as Patrick said, one of the difficult challenges in requirements engineering. And there are not that many companies that are actually doing it well. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's a big challenge. So what, what usually happens is that changes are updated either straight into the code, mm -hmm. and after a while, there is no updated document available. And that's why testing usually have their problems, because mm -hmm. they start to, from all over again to find out what are the features that have been implemented and should be tested? Yeah, yeah there's uh, all the different stakeholders. Let's say, originally, when you define the requirement, there are various stakeholders that need to be involved. You need to have the QE, the, the test, uh, tester involved to review it and plan a test plan. You need to have the architect to define the design and make sure that, that that's nice. You need to have the the customer representative to make sure that that's what the, that answers the customer need. Later, when you change something in the requirement, the, the, the whole change should the change should flow into all the all the directions where where that originally reviewed it. But that's that's well, that's what we we used to have problems before. We put a lot of effort in in making sure that the change management works well, so that all different parties get. Yeah. How, how do you react to these changes during the development of your product? When product is really how do we react? Yes. Well, situations that you face. Can you read some hmm. Well, uh, I have a few slides of that later, but uh, the, the essential thing there is that, uh, first of all, everybody involved is, is gets the information that now we need to do a change and, and uh, gets together to define, okay, that this is what we can do. This is how it impacts my, my business. This is how it impacts the customer and, and do the whole, it's, it's a lot about the communication and making sure that uh, things are coordinated well. Regarding, regarding the requirement types, we talked about functional, non-functional requirements. We used this sort of FERPS, FERPS model. Uh, you have, first of all, the, the functional requirements, the, the capabilities or the features. It's what the product should do. That's the biggest portion, biggest portion of these. The rest are, are more difficult to define. Uh, but uh, the reason why why this model is followed or or imposed in every every review is that uh, that they shouldn't be forgotten. It's it's too easy to forget 
how this impacts the usability and or how it impact, impacts the security of the solution unless, unless you make sure that each of the areas have been, have been discussed. Uh, the reliability or, or let's say the performance, those are pretty, pretty easy to define. We know how, how scalable it has to be to fit the customer environment or what, what are the performance needs they have. Those are more, more easy to define in, in terms of numbers. Uh, the supportability or usability, those are, are a bit more difficult to transform into understandable requirements that, that the software engineer knows, knows what to do. There are, there are ways, uh, let's say tools, but, uh, but it's very, very much dependent on the, on the situation. So. In terms of uh, <coughs> the overall management of the, of the thing or the, or the prioritization especially, uh, there's a lot of, lot of challenges surrounding it. There's, there's always too much information or there's not the correct, there's too much information, but at the same time, not, uh, not necessarily the correct information there. So you need to make assumptions. You need to, need to guess some things and hope that your guesses were correct. Uh, and, and, and on the other hand, the information you don't, you might get controversial facts from this customer says that I want it like this and the other one says, I want it like that. Okay, who do we please? Or how do we make a solution that pleases them both? <coughs> and, and because there's, well, my, ex my experience is that there's always much, much more than we can do. So the prioritization is, is extremely important. Uh, we need to have, have priority setting based on, on, on who do we want to please, what, what sort of product we want to have. It cannot serve all. We need to focus on something. There needs to be a, needs to be an issue in the market that we focus and we're strong there, and then let the rest be handled by by someone else. And the selection of that niche that we want to we want to attack is 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 the key to make the business successful or make make profitable solution which has big enough market. Further thing we talked about change management. Uh, reasons for changing things is not only that uh, we we planned badly or we didn't take into account all the things it just happens that the requirements or let's say the customer needs change we might have an agreement with the customer that this is what they want this is what we do and halfway the when we've done the implemented the code they change they change their mind that actually our organization changed and now now we no longer require what you what we discussed earlier now you need to change it like to a different solution. Uh, about the elicitation of the requirements, how do we, what are the tools or techniques to make sure that they are, they are, we get as close to the optimal as possible? We we use requirement workshops or, or use case workshops with different parties, it, uh, it, both internally, so so our own own requirements engineering team goes to an offsite for a day and starts uh, starts reviewing all the starts brainstorming reducing the ideas from uh, from a large number to the ones that are really the the essential part uh, and there's a lot of techniques or tools 
which which can be used different top, type of storyboards or 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 voting mechanisms or or just just plain discussion and and uh, to come to a to a conclusion. So this is a tool that we use internally within SSH, but but to a degree also with customers. So so we have a session with the customers where we before we start. That's that's a tool to get the need out from the customer to have a workshop with them for a day and and try to understand as much as possible during that time. Reviews, that's that's a, a tool that's never used too much. Uh, we have reviews within within our organization always when uh, to go through the requirements and different parties are, are taking taking part in that. Uh, different sort of interviews with one-on-one -on -one interviews with customers and, and mentioned already earlier the pilots or prototypes, especially when, when defining new products. But about the prioritization, I said we can't, we can't do it all. We need to have ways to define what's important and what's not. Uh, you need to somehow be able to quantify, uh, uh, quantify the, what, what it means if we do these five things and, and, uh, and leave this rest out. It's basically before the project you need to have everything prioritized. This is, this is the priority number one. And, and this is the priority number two. Uh, on the other hand, we need to have a, let's say, the minimum scope, minimum must requirement scope for the project, so that uh, without that, the project is not complete. There's no point in releasing a product if we don't do at least these things, and then prioritize the rest. Uh, prioritize the rest in terms of what's more important than the other one. Uh, Key thing there is to follow follow the overall strategy, overall product strategy. You need to have some sort of goal in the long run that you're going to reach after three releases, or or that's where you want your product to be be positioned in the market. And each release that you take during during that part, they need to somehow be directing or going to that direction. It may you may need to do compromises sometimes. Have something which which is not according to overall strategy, but if a company is willing to pay a million dollars for it, okay, let's let's add it there. Uh, often it's about money, it's it's about the dollars or, or euros, how much how much do you believe you get in the short run or, or long run by by doing this now or or leaving it to later. <coughs> and then then this goes Bit to the project management, but but managing the scope of the requirements. Uh, so I mentioned some of the customers have very tight deadlines or schedules that we need to follow. We need to make sure that we don't overfill the project so that uh, there are risks for the schedule or or if some people become become ill during the project that we don't. It doesn't it doesn't destroy everything. So the the triangle of resources that we're going to put to the project, the scope and the time that we have, those need to be balanced and and, uh, and security measures taken into account that if some risks secure, we can still manage those and, and uh, have at least the must scope in time if time is critical or 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 
set the, set the priorities. What what do we want to achieve? Is it the, is it the scope that's driving this project, or 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 is it time driven? Now we talked about the change uh, change management, or 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 why why do the requirements change? Uh, one thing is that we failed something in the in the original original requirement in requirement uh, uh, gathering phase we didn't ask the right questions or or we didn't ask them from the right from the right people we learned more on the during the way and uh, later realized that okay we we made a mistake earlier good that we find it out now we can still have time to fix it before we are we are at the end uh, said the problem can change the customer customer changes their minds uh, or or change their mind or or some other made some took another solution to solve some part of the problem uh, so also changes in the in the external environment uh, say the standards may change okay not probably during one one uh, software project but uh, but over time and uh, Again, it's it's getting getting more information of the problem all the time uh, during the project. We need to be able to react. So in a way, the organization and the process needs to be fine-tuned so that uh, when something changes, we're able to react and minimize the minimize the extra cost or the problem for for the whole whole goal of the project. Uh, some tools <coughs> to make sure that the changes managed properly one one very essential is is some sort of tool for the requirements engineering uh, probably still now uh, the most common tool for requirements man management in in the Finnish software companies is Excel that's the say the four out of five uh, Finnish at least the smaller software houses use Excel or, or Word as the requirements management tool but what what's good or what how it should be done or let's see at least how we found it out is that uh, you need to be able to somehow centrally store all the requirements and use cases so that uh, you have some place where to link your test case or you have some place where to link your uh, link your uh, project management tool when things change uh, you get automatically notified that okay this changed Let's change the rest, of the rest of the system, or that this moved to another project. <coughs> okay, now it's there instead of uh, instead of a queue for a programmer for this project. So that's uh, that's the and there are plenty of requirements management tools around or, or central repositories in, in the market. What we've used is, is uh, a partly partly an internally developed developed system, but uh, but uh, you'll find commercial tools also. Can I make again a comment about these tools? Mm -hmm. So uh, as Petri said, that there are a lot of companies that are using Excel and Word, but there are also companies that have uh, acquired a. a, a a, a, a requirement management tool, mm -hmm. but then they don't use it. So it's, it's, it's very demanding job to actually get it work. 
And yeah. I, I think SSAT is one of the rare examples where you have successfully implemented a tool. I think one one question there is that well we've analyzed we analyzed a lot of the commercial tools out there. Uh, the big problem with them, as with any any uh, as with any IT project, is that it's if, if it's too comprehensive, too large, too many things that you need to do in order to make it work. If the work of using it is too high, then you won't use it. The same with CRMs or 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 whatnot. If if uh, if you need to insert too much information or spend too much time work using it. You won't. In a large in a large organization, it's different because you need to have more detailed, more systematic approach. When the organization's size gets smaller, like in many Finnish software houses, that they're not, you don't have that many, that many. Uh, you don't have thousands of features, or you don't have uh, thousands of uh, parties involved. Uh, they're often an overkill. Uh, to use use all the features that there are in a in a commercial tool. I mean that, that that's just how we saw it. For other, I mean, I'm not saying that the tools are not useful. Yes, they're they are, and we may we may soon move to a commercial tool also. But uh, but there, but the key thing in any any software pro, software IT project is that it's uh, easy enough for the users uh, and the barrier of using it is low enough that you actually use it and then you get the benefits that's what we we found out in our in our project when we when we've taken in, into use this sort of central repository uh, tool uh, another in addition to the to the fact that you have the you have them somewhere centrally stored. Is of course the, the traceability between things uh, that you get by by storing them or using using some sort of tool for that purpose, and and at the same time getting the statistics or 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 relationships between things and uh, getting getting information of the backlog of revisions, what was done when, uh, how it changed and, and why it changed and was the change to applied to different parts of the of the system. That's my <coughs> that was my my last slide. Just a summary. Uh, I would I would claim that the Doing the requirements engineering or requirements management well—that's <clears throat> the easiest way to make your system or your software projects more more successful. At least, well, still in in when we do postmortems after after software projects in our companies, requirements usually appear there as something we should have done better. Uh, I would claim that in any. In any software project, uh, in, in Finnish software houses, in a postmortem, they have improvements that should have been done in the requirements side. If and 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 that would have been the cheapest way to make the system work better or make the project uh, more successful. So so there's a high, very high cost of errors, and and, and it's a very essential essential part of the to make the make the business successful. Uh, needs to be 
it needs to be a systematic approach, systematic process. Otherwise, there's so many things that can go wrong. So you need to be able to follow, follow and have certain clear guidelines for all the all the parties involved. That okay, everybody knows what they should do. Everything goes in order, in in right order, and everybody gets information when uh, when needed. And then the change management, that's probably one area which is the least least uh, emphasis uh, the least emphasis is put to that put to that in, in many many companies and that's where that's one area where mistakes can happen or mistakes happen very easily that's my message to you today any any questions yes Well, yes, that's, uh, let's say, so let's say the original requirement needs, needs to be very clearly set. It needs to be an agreement with, with uh, the one who's expecting it and, and the one who not. So we need to be very clear on, on, uh, on, on what to do. But still, when we know that it still, still will change. So, uh, so then we need to be flexible in the overall project planning that even if things change there, we're able to accommodate. The overall, yes, the overall uh, scope or the overall plan uh, needs to be, there needs to be room for risk in, in that. So the question was about scoping flexibility, wasn't it? So the rest of the audience, you ask about whether the uh, scope should be flexible. Yeah. Mm. Is it always uh, the scope set to be flexible yeah. because yes. of changes in the customer? Yes. 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 Anything else? Yes. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I understood yeah, you make a customer specific projects and uh, product development development projects. So, uh, so that's the requirement engineering deeper in those projects. Well, in, in fact, we, we don't, well, in fact, we, we, we don't do customer-specific software. All we do is, is uh, the, all of our software is generally available to all. Of course, when, uh, when I mentioned that our business is mostly driven by the Fortune 100 in the world, we have very large projects that, uh, very large customer cases that impact us very much. So. So customers, individual customers may have a big impact in our, in our future projects. Uh, we, of course, try to make sure that we take into account as many needs from as many customers as possible. But uh, often it's so that uh, there are certain customers that are driving, driving things. They might be a bit ahead of the competition or their, their competition in uh, applying or adopting different technologies. So we follow the let's say, leaders in, in that front. So in, in that sense, where we have very close, it's not soft, it's not the customer specific projects, but, uh, but there are limited number of parties to talk to. So, so we're, we're kind of hybrid of, uh, of shrink wrap and user software and uh, the, let's say, project work.
Yes. Yes, in our in our software engineering, we we use the Scrum as a tool. Uh, we have elements from the XP like like linking the testing and and uh, testing and requirements planning. We use iterative development process. We have this sort of sprint sprints of development phases that we can after any iteration we can. Uh, and the, the project and in terms of customer customer communication the kind of uh, continuous testing of, of the solution in the mean I mean during the development process after one iteration we have uh, customers that are piloting an alpha version and getting feedback and, and then for the next iteration we can still improve or change so so it's a side of I'm sorry time Time horizons. Oh, I think um, well, it's it's one of the terms that was used uh, in our agile lecture. Ah, okay. It's it's not actually a very um, commonly used term in uh, outside the TKK. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the actually the uh, idea is very common, but the term is uh, well not new, but not very uh, spread around the world. Well, no, it's a new word for me. Yes. Uh, in case you make a mistake uh, in the requirement specifications, is it possible to uh, ask the customer to pay for the additional outcomes? Or well, yes, that's uh, it's difficult. Uh, the customers don't want to pay, but. Uh, but yes, like yes, so so that's why that's why it's crucial that we have uh, uh, written down agreement with the customer that this is what you want and 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 that in 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 reality it may be contractual even so that we have an agreement with customers this is the scope that you accepted these are the requirements we've jointly defined and if they change we may charge more or we may we may adjust adjust it somehow differently so so that's we can do that and that's that's the goal of course before you have the money from the customer it's it's always a negotiation so it is possible that there are some arguments between the company and the customer whose failure it was that the requirements went wrong or... yeah it's it's common that uh, there's an Discussion, discussion when when things change and we need to find whose fault is it and, and who's going to pay for it. Yeah, in a way, I, I would uh, convert in a different way. So if you try to understand that uh, what is the new requirement and what is the change, instead of trying to find whose failure it was, try to understand how it improves the uh, existing uh, base you, mm. are, you have been developing. I think it's it's possible to negotiate. All right. And I, I think I've, I've been in the cases where it's win-win situation to actually understand that there is a problem, we have to change it, and we can share the expenses. Mm -hmm.